This episode of Font of Inspiration is brought to you by Demogorgon. Yes, the Demogorgon. The one and only. The original Demon Daddy. None of that Stranger Things bullshit. Ever think to yourself, I could really use an enemy that can't decide what it wants to be. Try Demogorgon. He's got lizard legs, the body of an ape, tentacles for arms, and two monkey-like heads because with all that other shit in there, why not? All glued together in one convenient demon body. He's the multi-hyphenate of the demon world. If there were awards for demon lords, he'd have an EGOT. Demogorgon. Come for that Stranger Things name recognition. Stay because you now have Lingering Madness. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Nick, and this is the first ever episode of Font of Inspiration, a podcast about dungeon mastering, Dungeons and Dragons, role-playing games, and probably just nerd stuff in general. A little bit about me. I've been DMing almost nonstop for about five years now. I've been a player through that time, too, but I really love DMing, and have always ended up back in the DM seat over the years. I'm doing this as a way to try and dole out advice, but also to start to think a little more critically about the game itself, and hopefully help myself in the process too. I don't consider myself an expert or anything, but I'm just someone who's passionate about the game, and wants to try to help others with it as much as I can. Now, right now that's what I have in mind for this podcast, but I mean it could also turn into me interviewing people or having discussions with other people about DMing Dungeons & Dragons all that other fun stuff sometime in the future. I don't know. I'm pretty flexible about it, and I'm open to things like that down the road, so I don't know. We'll see where it goes. So enough about my background. This first week I was trying to think about what to talk about and decided that I would address DM burnout. What it is, what might cause it, and how to prevent it or get over it. So at some point, almost every long-standing dungeon master is going to go through this. Burnout. It's a dreaded feeling amongst DMs. Uh, There's plenty of ways to get it, not as many clear ways to get rid of it. It's, you know, sitting at your computer desk, staring at a blank page in front of you. It's wondering, why am I even a DM? What's the point of it? I'm not even good. It's racking your brain, you know, trying to think of the most brilliant plot twist for your players, one they'll never see coming. Until you realize that it's game day, and you haven't even prepped anything other than the town name. Burnout can come in different forms, and for the sake of keeping this as organized as I can, I've thought of two different categories of burnout that I at least have personal experience with. I've split them up into two categories. Burnout that comes from yourself, and burnout that comes from others. Firstly, there's the burnout that comes from yourself. I can remember very distinctly one of the first campaigns that I ever ran. It started off great. We had three players. They were invested, they made characters with nice backstories, and they were just generally pretty psyched to play. With all of this in hand, I set out to create a homebrew world. I had some notion that homebrew was better than running a published adventure, and I had already ran the 5th edition starter set, the Lost Minds of Fandelver, So I figured that I had a pretty good understanding of the game, uh, and I set out to create this campaign setting and run a weekly campaign. Things started off pretty well. 
I had a starting city that the players began to explore. They were engaging with NPCs and factions, and I felt that things were going great, you know? But as things carried on, I found myself struggling to keep up. I didn't have enough time to dedicate to the campaign because of my job at the time, and I found that I really had to work overtime to try to deliver the game that I wanted to give to my players. A few months into our game, I was, at that point, spent creatively. I felt that I was giving a subpar story with subpar characters, and I just didn't want to do it anymore. The campaign splintered not long after. I can't remember if I was the one to do it, or if our schedules just didn't align anymore or what. But I remember feeling relief afterwards. So what did I learn from that disintegrated campaign? A few things, I guess. I was really pushing myself to deliver a great game for my players, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you should be aspiring to deliver a great game for your players. But don't set expectations for yourself that are so high that anything less than those expectations will leave you disappointed. Um, a lot of new players and DMs are introduced to D&D through the great streaming games out there like uh, Critical Role or Acquisitions Incorporated or a bunch of others. Uh, but they all have DMs delivering amazing games and stories. And it can be pretty easy to try to compare yourself to them when they're kind of your only hallmark for D&D. Um, I know that I was comparing myself to them in that time period, and it took a toll on my creativity because of it. I remember spending a lot of time wondering and thinking if what I was making was good and just really getting in my head about it. Um, I remember oftentimes that I would spend so much time trying to think of something that was really great that I didn't really make anything. I, was, I, was, I would come up with something, but then I would beat myself up about it so much that I would scrap it, go on to something else, or end up with something that wasn't good, but just complicated. I don't know. I, for, for some reason, I thought making something complicated in the beginning was making it good or making it better than, you know, your typical cliches like uh, the goblins taking a village or, I don't know, you meet in a tavern, those sort of things that are kind of hallmarks of, of the game. There is kind of a, a famous book. I, b I believe it started as a book. Uh, it's called The Artist's Way. <laughs> and I know that some people out there who know of this are probably rolling their eyes at me even mentioning it. Uh, and I should preface this by saying that I have like read that book and almost used none of its principles anymore. But uh, there's a thing from The Artist's Way called Morning Pages that a lot of people subscribe to. And I think it's a really great thing to try to implement some type of it uh, for DMing or DM prepping, I guess. Uh, morning notes or morning pages rather is the idea that every morning you wake up uh, and start writing things uh, you, and you're just supposed to write whatever comes to your brain uh, and it's supposed to just kind of be like a dustbin or like I mean it's just clearing out your brain of whatever thoughts come in with the, I guess the thought process being that uh, if you get in a habit of writing without judging yourself for writing uh, what you want to write, that your creativity will be a little more loose, a little more unrestrained, 
um, by your own inner critic, I guess. Just start creating things. Don't judge yourself for what you make. I still make shit that I'm like, this is so dumb. Why am I doing this? But just uh, don't judge yourself for it. Uh, a lot of people can crash and burn under the weight of their own ambitions for their game. Uh, just try to like keep things in perspective in that regard. But after that failed campaign, my friends and I started a new campaign, not long afterwards, with some other friends that uh, were interested. That one actually ended up crashing and burning as well, but we'll get to that when I talk about uh, burnout for, that comes from others. After these two failed campaigns, I decided to run a campaign in an existing setting, uh, the Forgotten Realms, to be specific. I had some notion in my head, as I said before, that homebrew games are the purest form of D&D, and that running a published setting or campaign meant that your campaign could not truly be your own. Um, yeah, yeah, at that point, after two failed campaigns under my belt, with both having some elements of me burning myself out in a homebrew world, I figured, let's give Forgotten Realms a shot. And ever since, I I'm still running that campaign, and it's been the best experience that I've had DMing in my short five-year career. I don't burn myself out trying to flesh out every single town or NPC or item with uh, running an, a published campaign because there's already tons of that in-game. I get to focus on things like tying my players' backstories into the world or building out great dungeons or encounters because I don't have to worry about all the world-building or whatever. And my players are having a lot of fun with it too. And not once have I ever felt that the campaign wasn't truly ours uh, because we're in a pre-written campaign setting. Because, I mean, ultimately the game is what happens at the table. Everything that happens at the table is what makes the game yours. Just because some NPCs or locations share the same name as some campaign setting doesn't make them any less yours. So if you find that you don't have the time to create a homebrew setting, or you find yourself spent trying to create the greatest homebrew world with a million complex NPCs and multi-layered factions and cities, maybe take a step back and check out some of the ones that have already been made. There's no shame in it, really. And if you're that worried about originality, just swap out the names uh, in the setting for your own, and if your players are new, then they'll be none the wiser. So the other kind of burnout can be a little bit tougher to handle, generally. And it's burnout that comes from others. I mentioned before that after my first failed campaign, I started a new campaign with the players from that first campaign with some other friends of ours as well who were interested in playing. Uh, after we started this group, I was, once again, pretty amped. Uh, I always prefer DMing for bigger groups, and we had, I think, five or six, and I think actually maybe even seven players in that campaign at, at one point. This was after I had just made a career change and had more time to work on just DM prep in general, but also a homebrew setting. So I felt a little more comfortable about trying it out this time around. The game started out good. Uh, once again, I got good backstories from everyone, and we were all generally pretty psyched to play. Then, as the campaign started to go on, we had people who began missing sessions frequently. 
Uh, and I mean, that's fine because we're all adults with our own lives and schedules and it can be tough to, you know, set aside one day a week where everyone's schedules perfectly align and we all get to sit down and play this awesome game. But, uh, then it started to become a burden for me to have to justify why they were gone for every session, something like that. Or, you know, it, they can only be sitting in a tavern or sleeping all day so many times, I, I guess. <laughs> There's ways, other ways to justify that as well. But uh, then, I mean, some of the other game or some of the other players at the game started seeming like they were becoming very disinterested. Uh, they'd be drinking, which I'm fine with at the table, uh, but then would get on their phones, uh, just kind of become tuned out. I would try to reel everyone back in, and I found that it was turning into more trouble than it was worth. I began to wonder why I was putting so much effort into a game that most of my players were not reciprocating in. Soon after that, our schedules were all having a hard time aligning, and our campaign just kind of slowly fizzled out, as I'm sure a lot of... <laughs> that kind of seems to be how it usually goes. There isn't usually a formal, this campaign is ending kind of thing. That does happen sometimes, but I feel like that's probably not the norm. Besides coming to, like, the very end of your game, that is. In which case, it's probably a successful campaign. So, not a failed campaign. All right, so another failed campaign down the hatch. Uh, what did I take away from this one? Well, first of all, and this, I feel like, is some of the most difficult advice that can be put into action, especially if you're new and all of your friends are new, uh, but try to gauge your players well before you invite them to join. I say this is difficult because oftentimes it takes a few times playing before a person discovers if D&D &D or any role-playing game in general really is, is really for them. Try to choose players for your campaigns that you know will be engaged and uh, interested in the game. And I realize that that can also seem like it comes back on the DM too. If the players don't feel like you're giving them the game that they are expecting, then that's a reason they could be tuning out. But they also could just be tuning out because they find role-playing games boring and <laughs> feel like they have to come to your game as some sort of social obligation. That's something you just need to talk to people about. And you generally don't know that about a new player until like a few games in and they start just, you know, coming up with excuses for not coming or sitting on their phone the whole time. Or <laughs> I actually had one player fall asleep on the couch during one of these sessions, which was great. Uh, I, I <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, I was like, uh, yeah, this, this campaign needs to end. But, um, yeah, like I was saying, choose players for your campaigns that you know will be engaged and interested in the game. I kind of put that into action uh, because from the ashes of that failed second campaign, I plucked the players that were the best from it, uh, as well as some players from some previous games who had moved away, uh, and that's why we no longer played with them, and started a, a campaign online on Roll20. This is the, the campaign that I was talking about earlier, my current campaign, which is the Forgotten Realms one. That was about two years ago, and yeah, this campaign is still going strong, with some people dropping out and others joining in between also, 
that's bound to happen as well. But finding good players will stop problems before they even have a chance to happen a lot of times. Building off of that, another thing is having a strong session zero after you've got players that you know are interested, know are going to be be there for the game and not just, you know, <laughs> to uh, show up just because they feel like they need to show up kind of thing. Having a strong session zero will gauge what your players want, uh, what you want, and what kind of game you all want to play to keep everyone fully interested. Because, I mean, not every player wants to play a, a big open-world sandbox campaign. Not every DM wants to run some sort of hard-boiled, story-driven campaign. Getting on the same page in terms of expectations is uh, a good way to kind of, I guess, kill like two birds with one stone, in that it keeps your players' interests in check and also keeps you from feeling like you're making a campaign for a bunch of ungrateful assholes. <laughs> uh, and ultimately, I mean, communication between yourself and your players is the ultimate way to curl tail getting burnt out from uh, a lack of reciprocation. Even just checking in after sessions and seeing what they liked and didn't like uh, keeps you all in, in the same lane of just where you're all having fun. Because, I mean, ultimately, this is a game that we play with our friends to tell stories, play cool characters, and just have fun. Try to remember that last part. Uh, it should be fun for you to DM just as much as it should be fun for your players to play in your game. Keeping all of that in perspective is a great way to keep yourself from smashing your head against the keyboard, wondering why you're even running this game. <laughs> also, I mean, there's other things that go into burnout as well like if you're spending too much time playing too much time prepping you might just need a break and that there's nothing wrong with that um i <laughs> i do improv comedy too and some of the advice that i've heard from people who get, who get burnt out in that is also kind of applicable to dungeons and dragons in general uh, a lot of times people overcommit you might end up in too many games. You might end up DMing too many games. I've had a, a, quite a few games burn out because I overcommitted myself. I, I started DMing too many games, and, uh, you know, soon some games started to suffer, and, I mean, the same burnout came looping right back around that I had had before, even though I was running great games in other games, but then uh, I was spending so much time on those great games that my other games suffered. And because of that... I didn't feel like I didn't feel like putting as much time into those ones. So yeah, I mean, taking a step back, don't overcommit yourself. Taking a break sometimes can be what you need to kind of uh kind of get back into your own groove. Kind of taking a step back, uh letting inspiration come to you instead of trying to hunt inspiration is often another really good thing. Because oftentimes, I mean, if you're not trying to make something, then uh, you might, I don't know, be walking down the street, watching a movie, reading a book, doing something, and suddenly something from whatever you're doing just kind of lands in your head in a certain way that just kind of gets the gears moving. I don't know what necessarily is the cause of it. I know sometimes if I'm feeling <laughs> spent creatively or just kind of tired of making things, I have a few <laughs> things that I, that I return to to uh, kind of try to re rekindle myself. Oftentimes, it will be watching epic scenes from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, Ride of the Rohirrim, I mean, all the, you know, <laughs> Gandalf and the Balrog, for whatever reason, all that shit always 
just amps me up, I guess, in a way, creatively. Uh, j probably because it's really good stuff. And I mean, whenever you see good stuff, you want to make good stuff. So that kind of motivates me to get back at it. Uh, but, but, but I mean, besides that, uh, even just like listening to music, uh, things that are not related to Dungeons and Dragons or uh, even fantasy in general. A lot of times you can make really cool connections from other genres that can loop back around and you can find a way to tie into your games that makes your games interesting, uh, that make your games interesting for your players as well. I mean, breaking cliches is absolutely uh, something that can snag attention uh, of yourself and of your players and keep you both hooked. And I mean, you'll find a lot of inspiration like that outside of the fantasy realm. And uh, finding ways to loop that back into the fantasy realm is really cool. And I find that oftentimes that can really spark creativity in a way that gets me out of burnout. Uh, always be consuming media. Always. <laughs> uh, no matter what it is, you know, it helps keep you, keep you fresh. You know, keeps, uh, keeps a little, little fire under the ass, I guess. I don't know. Just my ramblings. <laughs> I'm here to dole out advice. Uh, if you have anything that you want me to talk about, you know, feel free to let me know on like Reddit or Twitter. At uh, Voice of Selker is my Twitter handle for my general musings about uh, things not all pertaining to D&D. &D. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to make this like maybe a weekly thing, but I'm not entirely sure. But Thanks for listening. If you were listening, I'm trying to make these kind of short so that they're not like, you know, an hour and a half of me dispelling uh, or of me doling out intimate Dungeons and Dragons advice. No, these, this is just me kind of giving my rambling opinions on certain D&D &D topics. But once again, thanks for listening. Uh, go out there and roll some dang dice. Thanks. <laughs>